0: Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and today we are talking about chronic illness and recovery.
1: Hmm, Arliss, I'm wondering why why are we talking about that?
0: (laughs) It it could be because we just took a multi-month break to allow ourselves to have some time to recover from some health stuff going on.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it's been such a crazy time for both of us—not just one of us, but for both of us facing a lot of things that we thought that we were done with, and only to come back and be like, "Dang it, this again!"
0: <laughs> yes, and as much as we talk about body positivity and self-love and healing, not being a linear uh, journey. Recovery of any kind, but especially recovery of chronic illness, is not linear either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I'll share a little bit about what I've been going through. Um, So back in February, I was actually in a car accident that wasn't that serious. You know, I, I was completely fine, walked away, you know, my car was dinged up and that was annoying, but like physically, I didn't think that anything was wrong but what happened in the months that that followed that was that some of the issues or the pain that I'd had in the past actually resurfaced and I was so annoyed by this like like back pain and foot pain and like all these you know all these things that I thought that I was quote unquote done with that I felt like I'd gotten past had knocked me off off my feet again and I was really frustrated because I felt like, you know, it was, it was just the beginning of the year, I'd, I'd been through some other things that had been really traumatic with, um, you know, the emergency plane landing that I went through in, in January and all that. And I I just felt like I got knocked down so many times and was like, Ugh. like, it's not even just this one thing that's knocking me out and making things impossible. It's like everything. And it triggered some depression for me. I ended up having to go through a really long recovery process, took way longer than I wanted it to, Um, but this time, I think one of the things that made a big difference was that I really did feel like I had support. I had, I had friends, I, I knew what to do. So it wasn't quite the same exact journey, but to be put in this place where I was like, man, it's just the beginning of the year and tough things are happening already was really, really disheartening for me.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, it's interesting. Um I know that both of us had had different things going on in our lives the previous year 2021 and that there were things that were stressful, you know, there um one of us moved, both of us participated in a wedding. Um you traveled um quite a bit. Uh I went through remodeling my home. And all of that sort of thing, and I know that when I got to the beginning of the year, I was thinking, "Oh, finally, I'm through all of that. 2020 is going to be so much easier." (laughs) Is that what you were thinking,
1: Diana? Yes, you know. Yes, last year I felt like I went through so many things, but that I was like poised in the beginning of this year to to bounce back and bounce back stronger, and so that that like final blow of the car accident was just like, seriously, like, how am I supposed to get back up again, you know, literally, like, I can't physically do the things that I want to do. And it was it was really disheartening. It felt like I would just been knocked down so many times. And I would say that this time felt harder to get back up than than most.
0: Yeah. And I resonate with that as well. Over the last nine months, I've had a series of different infections and I also got COVID and was in bed for about 15 days with COVID and all of that kickstarted an immune response in my body. So I have been diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a genetic condition And celiac, which is an autoimmune condition. And then I'm in kind of like what they call the, um, what's that word? Anyways, it's kind of like the pre-phase to getting any other um, autoimmune condition diagnoses. Thank goodness. And with this autoimmune response that I've had, I've had to cut back what I'm doing in half and take a lot more downtime completely change my diet again and restrict it even more uh so now i don't eat dairy or eggs or grains or beans or nightshades or uh refined sugars so that makes what i do eat a very small list and make sure that each day i am physically stretching and moving my body which I kind of feel like a child around not wanting to brush my teeth at night, except it's me at five thirty in the morning, <laughs> not wanting to, you know, move my body in the morning. And I'm like, but mom, I don't want to. And unfortunately I'm the mom of me and I'm saying, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. Um, and it's hard and it's tough and it sucks sometimes. Are you going through some of that same stuff?
1: Yeah, there's like a whole lot of resistance to the work of healing, because there can also be this feeling of like, oh, haven't I done enough? Like, have I not done enough yet? Like, seriously, like, like, how much more, you know, and I, I can only imagine with your diet, like, I know that you also love food, like, like, how much more do I have to give up? How much more, you know, and there can be this like, like, sense of wanting to throw a tantrum about the situation that I'm in, you know, and like, like for me um another thing that had happened as a result of the the car accident and everything i had been through was my my therapist ended up diagnosing me with post-traumatic depression and i was just like really how much more trauma how much more of these things do i have to face like when is it done you know and like there was there was so much anger and i can hear you know like um, even in the, in the desire to like go through the healing process, this resentment that can, they can start to creep up. And like, even a frustration about having to give up things that you were fine with before, you know, it's like, I was fine with building my business this way. I was fine with taking on all these responsibilities and doing all these things. And now I have to scale back. I can't even do what I want. So it feels like sometimes like the recovery process is punishment.
0: Absolutely, and. I, what comes up for me is this feeling like my body has betrayed me again.
1: Oh God. Yes. Right. It's like, like, I, I feel like a a sense of resentment and, you know, like, I know it was part of the reason we took time off from the body positivity podcast. We thought we were going to come back sooner and then had more things that kind of popped up that required us to push things back even more. And you and I, we like to hold to our, our commitments and those sort of things. So I know for both of us it was really difficult to be like, oh again, more like, oh (laughs) it's it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating,
0: Arless. It is frustrating. It is totally frustrating. And I also know that our bodies are never betraying us. I also know that too.
1: Yes. And as you say that, I'm like, yes, but I'm mad about it still (laughs) kind of feeling, you know? (laughs) Um, And like, I think that you're right. Like I think, and I think something that both of us did that was different from other times, because I think it's important for us as we're feeling these feelings of like, ugh, again, is recognizing that it's really not happening again in the same way. We're both catching what's happening to us earlier. We're both setting boundaries faster. Um, we're both we're both more willing to cut what we need to cut to prioritize our health. You know, and we're, I think that that makes this time very different for both of us. You know, like as soon as I was starting to feel these things, I scaled back a lot of things, you know, I scaled back a lot of my business and what I was working on because I really wanted to focus on recovery, knowing that the last time I ignored my body and ignored what was happening, I just got sicker. So I hear you in saying, you know, like, like our body is not betraying us. our bo- Like our bodies are on our side, but man... <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, why couldn't you shut up? Why did you have to do this right now? Yeah,
0: I think that one thing that isn't talked about a lot is how hard chronic illness is for people who are really talented at something, who are really driven, Mm. who are really goal-oriented, who are the overachievers. Now, I'm not saying that, Chronic illness is not hard on everyone, because it is hard on everyone. And unfortunately, I have found that a lot of the people that have chronic illness are in this group of like high performer, overachievers, really mastering some skill. Um, and I feel like we both fall into that category. And we come to places where we don't get to use that skill where we don't get to be that high achiever. We, we we don't get to do maybe even half or a third of what we would really like to be doing in our day or in our lives. And it's really painful. And there's a mourning that happens. Do you feel yourself or feel that you have gone through some mourning over what has been lost or what you have had to release or the lack of what you've been able to do in the last three to six months.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, but one of the things, even though I felt this way this time, I really wanted to feel it. I feel like in the past I've, I've kind of allowed for myself to focus on like, okay, what am I going to do next? Or like, um, you know, like an over-focus on like getting like being better so I can go back to normal. And this time I'm really wanting to place a greater focus on like feeling and allowing my body. Like, like I think, I think really in in effect I'm trying to be a better partner with my body and really really understand what's going on in my body feel what's what's happening instead of just kind of resisting it and wishing that the recovery was over. So this time I I really made space and time for myself to recover and I I took what I needed instead of like you know just bouncing back in as soon as I could, you know and There were definitely times where it felt like a mourning process, you know, things where I saw people and things that continued to go on without me and and I felt lost and unuseful and, you know, just kind of left behind or um, unneeded or like, like, I don't know, it was as if there were ways that I was tying my value uh, to all these things that I was doing instead of really understanding my own inherent value. So when I had a couple of those instances come up, like I definitely needed to check in a little bit more with myself. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, th- this time with depression, like I, I realized, even though it was my first time ever being diagnosed, that it wasn't my first time going through it. So to me, that helped because it meant, okay, there's a way through it. I've done it before. And this time I can be more mindful about how I go through it and I can feel safe in feeling the feelings because I have support networks and I have friends and I have you know therapy and, and people who are supporting me with the healing so that I don't have to I don't have to experience this in in the ways that I have in the past and I can I can achieve a higher level of healing that's um, not just like covering it up and waiting until the feelings are you know kind of pass.
0: Yeah, for me, there's been this deeper sense of othering that I've been really processing in this um, further restriction of what foods I am able to eat and support my body um, and things like that And, and being protective of my time and making sure I have enough rest. And I think before I've done so much to appear normal Mm. and I am going through the process of mourning the fact that that's not, well, it's not a real concept in general, but it's (laughs) not real for me. It's not real for me. What I can eat, how I can move my body, the amount of time I need to rest the amount of downtime I need, what I can do in a day is not the same as other people. And that's okay. And it's still sad and scary. And I'm going through that process, which I have not allowed myself to really go through in the past to this same extent. The other thing that I'm doing, and you talked about this a little bit, is I'm trying to create my days that support me when I have really low energy and I can still have that same day. If I have high energy, instead of going to this place of I'm going to do all the things when I feel really good. And then that means I do almost nothing when I don't feel good and having this yo-yo effect in my life, which I've done for 37 years, knowingly I've knowingly done this. Right. And realizing that what if I created a day that I could do if I had five out of 10 energy and I could still do that day if I had nine out of 10 energy. And this is a new concept for me and it's super scary. I also realized that I was doing a whole bunch of stuff that was just keeping me busy. Like it wasn't actually adding to my life. It wasn't supporting me in my business. It wasn't supporting me in the relationships that are important to me. It was just keeping me busy. So those are the two things that I'm really processing right now.
1: Yeah. Like one of the things that comes up for me is, um, as you talk about accepting our (laughs) non-normalcy, um, is like the feeling of FOMO right like the fear of missing out like knowing man i used to be able to do these things and i i think like i think uh, that like a lot of times we can hear that from older folks who are like oh i used to be able to like run and jump and skip and like you know and we compare the version of ourselves that we are today to that past version and we're like remember when you could do this and that and this and like like i remember when i worked um worked in banking on wall street and i would wake up Um, to bike 10 miles to a workout class that started at 6am so that you know I'd be waking up at like five or not I'd wake up before five to to start biking at five to go to a a 6am workout class to finish by seven and go to work and then work until seven to nine you know what I mean 7am to 9pm and like like you know and and kind of compare that to how much work I can do right now. And like, there can be parts of me sometimes that can feel resentful, like, man, like I, I could do this, you know, I can do that. But at the same time, I think one of the questions I've had to ask myself is like, do I really want to do that? Is I really who I wanna be? Is that how I wanna handle my health? And the truth is I don't, like, I don't wanna do that, you know? Um, But that doesn't mean that I don't feel the FOMO of when I see other people who are like, yeah, 5 a.m. club and like I naturally wake up at 5 a.m. But like I don't necessarily have like a whole schedule of like got to get up and, you know, bike an hour before I do an hour workout class and like then work for 12 at like 14 hours in the day. I don't have to I don't have to continue that lifestyle, even though sometimes I feel like, in the personal development space and and in um, people who talk about growth and all that, like they kind of can glorify like, oh, you know, after you're nine to five, like work another like four hours, you still have tons of time to do more things. And that can be triggering for me. Um, how about you? Do you ever find that triggering?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I've realized is if I want to live a long, healthy life, and if I eventually want to have all those experiences that I want to have, I can't do it all now. Can't do it all now. Can't do all the things now because I will burn myself out. And I don't mean, I mean it in one way, like mental burnout, right? Which is a very real thing. But I also mean, I will burn my body out. My body is is set up to do things a little bit differently than the people around me and i have to stop um making decisions about what my body can do based on what other bodies can do and it's really hard it's really hard in fact um recently i got invited to go on a trip to um, out of the country i got invited to go out, out of the country where I wouldn't have to pay for any of the travel expenses to go. And I love to travel. I love to travel. And it's somewhere I've never been. And it's with somebody that I would love to go with. Mm. And my body isn't healthy enough to do that right now. And I have no idea how I would eat if I got when I got there. I haven't figured that out yet. And I haven't figured out um, how I could move my body in the way that I need to move my body every day to, to support me yet. Yeah, when I travel, I haven't figured that part out yet. And so I had to say no, and it was really hard and it was scary to say no. Cause like, what if I never get that opportunity again? And that was the best choice for my body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I think part of the return of chronic illness as i reflect on it and as i think about it just in times in my life i find i've found for myself and a lot of times when i work with clients that um we can have these episodes or like our body kind of tells us that something is up during these times of high stress and that's what i find too with like chronic illness is it's like it can often be something that is triggered by stress and triggered by stressful experiences. Have you had that
0: experience too? Absolutely. Uh, My husband earlier this year had an emergency appendectomy and, um, and it was very scary and very stressful. And of course, with the pandemic hospital guidelines, I couldn't be... Uh, in the hospital when he was having a surgery, and I couldn't be there when he came out of surgery. I didn't get to see him until the next day. And within, you know, 72 hours of that happening, I had a full blown kidney infection. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you're saying that, like, I think we all have to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves with everything we've been through in COVID. Like, we've all, even though all of us have been through it so sometimes we can kind of get desensitized to what we all just went through that was an incredibly and still is an incredibly stressful time that we're living through there's there's all this heightened stress that i think we're experiencing and it's i think it's all the more important for us to understand if things are coming up or if this is our very first time even being diagnosed with an autoimmune issue or with chronic illness or pain that like we're being a little gentle with ourselves because, you know, we we've been through something that was incredibly traumatic, incredibly stressful. And then when you add on those little tiny stresses of life that maybe normally, you know, you'd be able to handle your husband going through that, but like with everything else that you've been going through, it just gets to be too much.
0: Absolutely. And I think that there's a lie that I tell myself That probably other people tell themselves too, and this is not going to be, uh, this is not going to be liked. I don't think by people, (laughs) um, and I would love for the people listening to this podcast today to consider, are you telling yourself this lie as a person with chronic illness? The lie that I have told myself is that it goes away. In those moments when I feel really good, where I'm not in pain, where I have nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 energy, days and days and days, maybe even months in a row, when I feel awesome, that doesn't mean it went away. It may not be actively presenting or maybe I'm numbing, right? That's another option but it doesn't go away. It doesn't, I don't get to flip a switch and then stop doing all those things that support myself and being healthy because I feel good.
1: Right. And I love that you're saying that because sometimes, right. It's like, I can feel that too, where I'm, I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. Like I feel totally fine. I have no more back pain. I have no more of this thing. None of this is happening again. So like, I'm totally fine to like take on a million things and go back to a schedule where I'm working 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And it's it, I think what I'm hearing both of us say as we talk about the cycle of chronic illness and, and autoimmune disease is that like, it's, that's part of it. We're actually perpetuating it by thinking I can go back to normal, not understanding that we, we actually need to set a different, a different parameter a different boundary for what we consider to be normal and that and i don't know about you but like sometimes it's felt like i needed to work that much or i needed to do all those things um but there could even be ways that like you know I, I kind of would get a high from like helping all these people and doing all these things for others and you know i i think i need to kind of begin to really unpack like is, is this who I want to be and what am I really telling myself about my own self-worth in thinking that I need to do all these things in order to be worthy of something or, you know, like, like where am I looking for some form of external validation or reward as opposed to really just being happy that I'm, that I'm well, like, why, why do I feel the need when I'm, you know, closer to what might feel like my old self or a hundred percent, why Why do I feel the need to spend all that energy? Why do I feel the need to, um, to treat myself that way?
0: Yeah. You know, two things came up from you while you were talking. One, what if I, we, gave ourselves the same amount of care and gentleness and space and quality um, Quality health time, whether that's prepping food, um, you know, taking a vitamin, talking to doctors, getting uh, some type of body touch, whatever that is, right? What if we gave ourselves just as much when we feel healthy as when we feel sick? Instead of only giving it to ourselves when we feel sick or challenged, that's a new concept that I'm working on. Two is for me, I feel like I have to make up. I have to make up for that lost time. And there is such a sense of guilt that comes with having chronic illness because there are times when I can't care for myself. There are times when I need to ask for help. And it seems like There are all these people out there that never have to ask for help or never need care. And I don't know that that's real. I don't know that that's a real thing, but that's the perception of me. Like that's my perception that there are all these people out there just going through their lives. They never need help. They never need somebody to get groceries for them. They never need somebody to fold their laundry. They never need anything. And why can't I just be one of those people? And so I must make up for the fact that I need that help when I do need it. And I think that that's a really toxic, damaging thought process that I've been in.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying that. You know, I think I think the same is true just with any injury, right? Like a lot of times, even athletes, when they get injured, they feel like they have to make up for lost time, or like ba- they focus so much on like bouncing back quickly instead of allowing for that full recovery, or that you know, the to give ourselves the space that we need. To focus on wellness like and I think that it goes back to what you were saying earlier with if our body is truly our friend, if if our body is truly our ally in this situation, what what is it that we can listen to about our body and when our body is well. Why do we think, okay, now I can stop all the things that make me well, because now I'm well enough to do all the things, to make up for this time, this lost time that I spent asking for help, needing, needing more support. You know, how can I, how can I kind of tip the balance back in the other way, instead of really recognizing like, you know, these practices, they're, they're actually part of my daily wellness. And they, you know, I think it's, it's a, us coming to a place where it becomes more of a non-negotiable to focus on our well-being as opposed to thinking, okay, now, now your leg is no longer broken. So that means you can run like another marathon or like five or whatever. It's like, what, what if we just took better care of our bodies?
0: Absolutely. And I think that there is this misconception that doing more and more and more is um, is what's going to ultimately make us successful or make us healthy or make us whatever that thing is, and it's just not true. It's not true. you know, as a we both are business coaches, and I'm sure that we spend a good amount of time telling our clients, Do less, don't do that. It's not worth your time to do that. Put your energy, focus your energy over here instead because so many people in business spend so much time doing things just to keep themselves busy, but it doesn't actually impact their business. It's the same with health. You know, there was actually a research study that came out. I watched this amazing Ted talk the other day on long distance runners. So people that are running, um, you know, five or more miles at a time, um, all the time, you know, not, you know, more than three times a week or something like that. And what they found in these long distance runners is that their hearts are having the same type of damage and the same type of um, like hardening of the arteries and all of that sort of thing that they're seeing in people that don't move their bodies at all. So running more and more and more is actually not good for our health. Doing more and more and more is not good for our health. Doing, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of gentle exercise a day is actually the best. Um, And I think that it's just really fascinating that we're in the society of more and more and more. And is this leading us down a path to have more instances of active chronic health challenges?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting because so many technological advances or things like that promise to give us back our time so we can be more free. You know, this idea of like email, for example, where it's like, oh, now you can just receive emails instantly. Now, you know, like that means that you'll have more time to spend with your family because, you know, instead of having to go to the post office to send mail, you just hit send on your computer or whatever. And instead, like, instead of it being something that, saves us time we just look for more things to fill our time we just find more more and more things or we think oh i can do more 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 instead of feeling like what we've done is enough
0: i i love that you said that when is enough enough for someone with a chronic illness and I, it almost makes me tear up to say that because there's a part of me, this is a part I'm working on healing and have been working on healing that feels like I will never do enough. It will never be enough. I will never do enough to make up for all the help, support, uh, downtime that I've had to take in my lifetime. And. And for some reason, that part of me feels like then I am not worthy to to then take that help and support and downtime when I feel healthy. And when is enough enough goes along with how much we're giving, right? Or feel like we have to give. But it also goes along with when is enough enough. How many times do we have to go through the process of wearing ourselves down into the place of needing recovery before it becomes enough to be in a place where we can give ourselves that health and care and love and support when we're healthy so that we have less instances of recovery? And I'm not saying that recovery goes away. Recovery will always be there. It will always come back at some point for some reason. But I think that the dips would be a lot less low.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like taking a lot of time away from my business and from um, from many of the activities I was going through this year definitely caused a hit to my income. So there can be this part of me as I think about my 2022 goals, it feels like, oh, got to ramp up. Oh, got to do more. You know, and like, I think what I'm hearing you say is like, 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 it's still a part of me that's feeling resentful or feeling angry at myself for needing to take that recovery instead of being like, okay, you know what, that was actually part of the process. And that was part of the plan. And um, instead of thinking that I need to get back to something or, or whatever, really understanding, I don't need to get back anywhere. I'm starting from a new space, creating something completely different. And I don't want to go back. I really don't like, I don't want to go back to that place of working so many hours and being exhausted and, and all that. Like I want, I want the next chapter in longevity to be a lot more about sustainability as opposed to this constant, this feeling that I need to match a person that I used to be, you know, or, or things that I used to do. Like, I'm not trying to go back to an old chapter. I'm trying to write a new one.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked a lot about our frustration and our anger and FOMO and guilt and shame and all of these things. And we've said along the way that we're working on healing these things. We're working on making space and and doing things differently for our future. What do you feel like has been the biggest change in the way you're thinking about your body through this process this year?
1: I feel like I've I've got, I'm in a space where I'm trying, where I'm working actively to resist it less and to understand it more and to really listen instead of feeling like, okay, I'm listening to you right now. And then I, I'm going to forget the message later. Like I, I, I got to a place of frustration earlier this year. Cause you know, as I was thinking about, you know um, the emergency plane landing, like all of the different traumas I've been through as a 9/11 survivor, a global financial crisis, like losing my career as a chef, like I felt this anger at myself, like burnout, all that stuff, and like I'm like, huh ah, again, like why do I keep putting myself in this place of like extreme trauma? Like how am I attracting and manifesting this? Like why why do I keep doing this? And for me, it got to a place of like I really don't want to keep doing this. I really don't want to keep creating this. And every other time that I've gone through this process, I have tried to just recover and bounce back as fast as I, as I possibly can, instead of really giving myself myself space to build something new, knowing that I'm not going back. I don't want to bounce back. I want to bounce forward. I want to move forward in a way that's truly gentle where I'm a greater partner with my body. Instead of treating my my body like it did something wrong when it needs time for recovery,
0: how about you? For me, I think the thing that has changed is instead of feeling betrayed by my body when I go through what I've been going through and'm still working through right now, realizing that my body is doing the best it can do all the time and sometimes, excuse my language, I give it really shitty tools. Sometimes I give it really shitty amount of time sleep. Sometimes I'm not very nice to my body Um, and especially when I feel like I'm at a hundred percent. I've had this this, uh, recurring thing that we've talked about in today's podcast, where when I get to hundred percent, all those things that I've been doing to keep myself healthy kind of fall away. And if I want my body to really feel like a partner, I actually have to show up as a partner to my body. I have to give it the nutrition and the food that it really can process well and is going to be the healthiest for it. I have to get up in the morning and move my body and stretch my body in the ways that it needs in order to be strong and be balanced and those types of things. I have to not overschedule myself and not overwork myself and give myself breaks and eat throughout the day and all of those things, I actually have to show up as a partner. And I think that before I was so focused on how my body was showing up, I wasn't really looking at my side of the equation. And now I am.
1: I love that. And what I'm hearing for both of us is really looking at recovery in a different way. So that we're not we're not creating from the same place that we were creating before we're not we're not just wanting to um, treat our bodies the way that we have before but really looking at long-term sustainable solutions for our well-being as opposed to you know doing what you know what what felt more comfortable or feeling kind of caught up by the FOMO or you know the loss of like the things that we used to be able to do. It's like, how can I take my body as it is right now? And how can I how can I be a better partner um, for myself as opposed to feeling like my body is betraying me in some way.
0: Absolutely. And before I used to see recovery as failure, like I had failed. And now I'm choosing to see recovery as a gift from my body to let me know that I could choose to do things differently or choose to do things in a new way now before it completely gave up. I love that.
1: Yeah. And so with that, you know, I, I want to say to our dear listeners, like, you know, we, we're sorry about the break that we took (laughs) in a way, you know, that. um, that we've kind of left things in a place where we needed the time. But at the same time, I'm not sorry, because I think that for us to really embody true body positivity and true self-love is to put ourselves first and to put our needs first, even when we would love to just keep serving and doing and giving in the ways that we've always given, remembering that the person and the place where we need to give First and foremost, is to ourselves.
0: We can't pour from an empty cup. We must all fill our cup first and keep our cup full. We can't drain it either.
1: Nope. ha. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful place for us to leave the podcast today. How do you feel? Any, any final thoughts you want to add in?
0: Surround yourself with the people that are going to advocate for you to put your health first. That is something that I have in Diana, in my co-host, and in my partner, my husband. And when you do that, it makes it a lot harder to be a crappy partner to your body.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast. Stay subscribed, follow us for more body love, inclusivity, and respect for ourselves and for others. Until next time.